Good morning and welcome to Inside Divorce. My name is Hindel Grossman and I own a law firm in Newton, Massachusetts called Grossman & Associates LTD. We are divorce lawyers here. And today I'm speaking with Laura Souter, who is an empowerment coach who deals a lot with people going through divorce and helps them transition, hopefully more happily and you know, has some personal experience that she's going to talk to us about and also how she goes about helping people during this difficult time. Good morning, Laura. Good morning. Tell us a little about yourself. Well, thank you for having me, first of all. I am a designer and a mom, and I have been through this process 13 years ago, May 25th, so a while ago. You were divorced. Yes. So over the years, I have found myself gravitating towards helping folks. And people said, you know what? You really know what you're talking about. You should really make this a business. Uh So about four years ago, I started writing a book called Removing the Ring and started a coaching business where I help people going through the divorce process, just like I did, get through it a little more smoothly. It's a very complicated and tumultuous time. And um, there's ways to kind of ride more smoothly across those waves. Yeah. And so I help people do that. Yeah. So what was the hardest part in your divorce? Well, first of all, I had really young kids. So I was learning how to be a parent and then I was learning how to be a single parent. So my situation was a little bit, maybe a little more complicated, just that I was navigating two really unknown worlds at the same time with not a lot of family support Mm -hmm. or real help. Mm -hmm. Realizing you needed help. Yes. I was really like, okay, how do I do this? Yeah. So from my path, I really immersed myself into the mindfulness category. So I started learning how to do meditation as an example. I buried myself into yoga and I use those techniques and strategies in my practice. Oh, good. Well, I often say to my kids, you know, do in order to problem solve, you have to know what the problem is. So it sounds like what you identify for people or help them identify is what the problem is so they can fix it or try to solve it right. during their divorce. You yeah. just identified a couple of problems that you had, you know, they had to learn becoming a single parent, for example. Right. And I think it's, I think it's, there's so many things to think about all at once that I help people kind of weed out certain Mm -hmm. things to start with, because otherwise, if you tack everything at the same time, it's just too much. Right. Right. So tell us about removing the ring. Well, it's an idea that came to me because every year on my kind of divorce anniversary, I would buy myself a ring. Uh And then the first year I didn't do that, I thought, oh my goodness, this is really my time where I don't need a ring to feel myself. I don't need a ring to identify myself as a woman or a feminine or whatnot. So the name came from that kind of moment of aha of just, I am my own self. And the practice is a coaching practice, but we do retreats and workshops, and I have a supportive Facebook page, and there are physical meeting times where people can come together and learn from one another in addition to the one-on-one coaching. Oh, fantastic. So a lot of, I'll call them generally support groups, but it sounds like there's training involved. There's actual like six-week modules that I work with people on. Mm -hmm. And we, again, kind of divide up things into topics that are done per week and people have homework. It's kind of fun homework. Mm -hmm. It's the homework that we all know we should do. Like Like what? You know, it could be like, take a walk, do something enjoyable, pick up a hobby or um, make a phone call to someone that you haven't made in a really long time. I mean, those are little fun homework assignments that really lift people's spirits up, get them out of the 
the grind of where they're at. The hole they're in. The hole no, they're right. in, yeah. right. Because I think they they just get so mixed up. I mean, this whole wave analogy is really relevant of like they step into the water and then they just lose their footing and they just don't know where which end is up. Yeah. Yeah, I certainly see that too. Yeah. But by the time they come to me, you know, they're doing somersaults in the water. Right. Right. And I try to hold on to an arm yeah. so they don't, they don't, don't throw it away <laughs> and drown. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you have this six-week module of what's your curriculum? So usually it's on, it's a Facebook live type of thing. Yeah. And then what's really nice is that it's done in a collaborative group setting. So then the people get to know each other. And then usually after a couple of those modules, we have a retreat and then people can meet each other live in person. So there's a lot of familiarity and connection between the people and it's just an intuitive next step because then it's, the retreats are, there's, you know, reflections and all the kinds of things you'd expect during a retreat. But then there's also that camaraderie because they have, they've known each other a little bit already. Yeah. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. And support each other. Yeah. Hey, I do find, as you apparently have too, that people going through a divorce don't take care of themselves that well because they're so busy looking out at things or taking care of their children or maybe other family members as well, or panicking, worrying. Right. There's so many things that happen. I think that sometimes people bury themselves either into work. There's a lot of avoidance strategies too. Um, Obviously, if they have children, that's a necessary thing to do. But sometimes they might, again, just put all their energy into their children and not necessarily themselves. I have one woman who has a two-year-old and I said, you obviously are in the weeds and you have to take care of your child, but you also need to take care of yourself to take care of your child. That's a very good point. Very good point. What are some of the topics that you speak about? Well, there are fun things like dating. Mm -hmm. And before we get to that, just learning how to love yourself. Mm -hmm. I think that sometimes people feel a sense of failure. Well, I know that most folks go through a sense of that they've failed, you know, whether they're the levy or the leave-or, that there's been this major gap. Mm -hmm. So before someone can take on a new love relationship, they need to learn how to love themselves. And in order to love themselves, they need to like forgive themselves for whatever sense of failure that they've Uh, they've had. See that and get through that. Yeah. So that's one example. Mm -hmm. And then there's lots of other like kind of subsets within the mindfulness category, but everything has to do with just really becoming more settled. With yourself. With yourself. Yeah. You can make better decisions that way too, I imagine. Absolutely. And I think that I like to think that my work helps make your work easier in that people come to the table less frazzled and more ready to negotiate perhaps or give up certain things that they're hung up on because it's not necessarily that they've gotten rid of all the anger or all the resentment or it's not perfect, but at least they're they're more settled. They're like ready to get on to the next thing and not get so hung up on little issues. And plus what I hear so often from attorneys and mediators is that people come to you like a therapist and that's not your job. Your job is to do mm-hmm. the lawyering. <laughs> yeah, that's true, for sure. So you're actually, I'm th- thinking about the timing of your, of your works. I can see the value in having a client work with you first before they even come to me. 
or while working with me or even after. So you, yeah. you provide valuable services at all times. I see people before, during, and after. Sometimes before, I, I mean, one of my first questions is, do you even really want to get a divorce? Yeah. Because some people may be impacted by an infidelity or something that just isn't right. Mm-hmm. And they think, oh, well, the next obvious step is going to be to separate from this person when mm-hmm. it isn't always the case. There are other options. There are other options. Yeah. Yeah. I like to ask that question too. Yeah. I don't want to assume <laughs> you- that everyone who comes in here is ready to take that big, dark, ugly step in that smelly tunnel I described. I have this divorce readiness kit yeah. that I've talked to you about. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot to keep in mind and not everybody really realizes, wow, all the financial implications or, oh gosh, parenting by myself really stinks. Mm -hmm. It's actually really nice to have a co-parent, even Mm -hmm. if there's things that aren't always perfect about that person. So just being really sure that that's what you want. Yeah. Well, how do you actually help a person make that decision? Well, it's talking, you know, it's, I'm not a therapist, but I'm a coach and, and just like you would coach someone through a physical exercise, you know, on the field. You talk, you play things out, you look at what are the plays? What are the possible plays? What's the most efficient play? Is this the goal mm-hmm. of the game? Yeah. And what's what's best for you? What's best for your kids? Yeah. That isn't always the same thing. Yeah, it isn't always the same thing. Yeah, unfortunately. So you have some tips that you've identified. I think there are 10 of them. <laughs> Tell us I have, about those. I, have, I brought 10 tips for today. I have many more. 10 tips for staying balanced during a divorce. So the number one thing is that it's really difficult to do it by yourself. And I mean, this could be bringing in friends or family members. But in this context, what I really wanted to share is just really making a a fortified team, you know, with an attorney, with a financial advisor, an estate planner, really fortifying your team and getting as educated as possible. So that's just really vital. You know, I know that some people try to do the divorce freewheeling on their own or just kind of negotiate with a spouse. And that's just, that's just tricky. It is tricky. And from an emotional standpoint, get a therapist, a coach, someone who can keep your well-being in check. Yeah. So that's really important. And I think that the legal, the emotional, they all work together. Financial, it's really important just to build that team. One comment I'd make about the team approach is whether or not you have a friend or a colleague or a family member that gives good advice, because a lot of people take advice from people around them who and there's a lot of people offering advice. Maybe they've had their own divorce and they want to you know, advise their friend. But, you know, everyone's case is different. And so the advice may not be that relevant or helpful, you know, whether to fight about something or not fight about something or where to push strategically. And so I'm always mindful of who they're taking advice from and whether they should think about how it impacts them first before they just take it wholesale. I think that's a really good point. I mean, I did say a friend or family member, but I guess I was mentioning that in not just a friend or family member too, because just because that person is your mom or your neighbor yeah. doesn't mean that it's the right thing for you. That's a hundred percent true. Yeah. And that friend or mom or whatnot might want the best for you, but they may not have the full picture 
and Probably they may not. be too close to you to really yeah. support you the way you need to be supported. And friends and family members, I mean, they're wonderful to have because they are supportive no matter, generally, no matter what, but their advice may not be perfect for your situation. And so they also true. may not see the big picture because they're not necessarily going to see the other side's point of view. For sure. And I definitely felt that way from my own experience. I kept a lot of those folks at bay just uh-huh. because they were so upset and emotional that it, it just didn't it didn't helpful. land. Yeah, it didn't land as as supportive. Yeah. Um, That's complicated. It actually divorce complicates all sorts of relationships around you, not just the one with the spouses and the children. Absolutely. It's everywhere. Obviously your friend circles change. I talk about that on my Facebook page quite a bit that you used to get invited to the Memorial Day such and so party and you're not anymore and and family gatherings now it's awkward or you know do you bring your ex-spouse to what would have been a holiday yeah so it gets very complicated or school events for your children even you know, right two parents are standing on opposite sides of the auditorium exactly that's a great example I, I'm going through awards banquet season right now and it's complicated <laughs> yeah yeah So another idea or tip would be to join a support group, a physical support group. I do offer one in Milton specifically just to have that kind of boots on the ground. This is what's happening in my day, in my life, and get support from other people who are in the same situation Mm -hmm. and share, you know, emotions, techniques, strategies, whatever comes up. And there's a facilitator. So that can be very comforting. Yeah. And I do offer one also on Facebook, which isn't physical, but I have found it to be very important. People share resources and other events mm-hmm. that they're going to that are, whether it's a meetup social event or something more strategic, like how to sell your house, mm-hmm. et cetera. And then a third tip, which is really important, is don't confuse the filing with closure. Mm-hmm. So I met someone recently who said, oh, yeah, I've been divorced for three years. And I was like, oh, cool, you know, that's that's been a while, so how is it going for you? And and they're like, it got to the point where I learned that the, the divorce was actually final about a month ago. Oh, yeah. And in that person's mind, it they had been divorced because the paperwork had been submitted. but To the court, yeah. Yeah, but it really hadn't happened. There's Hadn't concluded yet. It hadn't concluded, and yeah. there's you know you may be legally separated but you're you're not necessarily emotionally detached yeah. from that outcome yeah. so i think that's really important to rushing to hire a lawyer and file paperwork is is one step but it it isn't necessarily a closing step yeah. from an emotional standpoint i find that most i would say 99% of divorce clients want it over with as quickly as possible and i can understand that because i think the pain will stop as soon as the divorce is concluded what I have to convey to them, I try to convey to them is it doesn't, it's it's not like a door closing. Right. Or, you know, and that you stop feeling pain or confused. It does allow you to move forward legally. Sure. But, you know, the complications of your life or co-parenting children or the financial entanglement between it doesn't, it's, it's more managed because there's a court order or judgment, but, you know, it's still, it's still there. And I actually recommend that the divorce take longer so that people can kind of settle into their new lives and not rushed. I think everybody needs to settle into each stage of the divorce so they can make better decisions in the end about how they want their new life to begin and how it gets organized. Like with parenting plans or where people live or what they can really afford. So they can actually live into that and see if it actually works for them. It's like an experiment. Right. 
And so how long would you recommend if you had your perfect scenario? I think at least a year. I mean, when I say the divorce is going to take a year, people are like, oh, really, does it have to take that long? Because no one likes to be unsettled for that long right. or, or their life in limbo for that long. And sometimes it takes longer. And I, I think the longer, not necessarily three years or even two, but it just it depends on who the person is. I mean, some people don't like change. So, you know, you're going to, if you're forcing them into which very changed situation, it may take them longer to get settled and to understand where they are and what they need. At the first podcast I did actually was a, where maybe it was the first, one of the first three was with a client who said when she first started the divorce process, because there, there was infidelity on her husband's part, she just said, I would have cut off my arm because I wanted it over with. I wanted the pain to stop. But she said, I'm glad it took a while because he lost his job during the middle of the divorce. And then we waited till he was reemployed. And every with every change of their lives, you know, things got took a different turn. Mm-hmm. And they could make better decisions in the end. Because ultimately, you took a job out of state. And then the parenting plan changed. Was, of course, changed. Yeah, that makes sense. I personally got divorced quicker than a year. And that was a big mistake. Really? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I just, I think under a year would be really challenging for me to imagine, but not five years, mm-hmm. you know? No, no, for sure. I think a year sounds like a good a year, year and target. a half. I think that's like probably a good target. Yeah. So another tip, uh, tip number four in this case. So we just talked about closure. Mm-hmm. So whereas closure doesn't equal filing, it is important to just start to get your emotions in check. That is important to just really take a handle of and take an inventory of relatively quickly. Yeah. And to realize that getting a divorce is actually a full-time job. Yeah. And it's something that you should allocate time towards. It's not going to happen on its own. And I talk later about, or I will talk later about just being educated. So do as much as you can up front so that you can make decisions and make them relatively with clarity. So this is an interesting thing. Sometimes folks akin the emotional roller coaster of a divorce to a, a death in the family. And somehow with a death in the family, you are kind of allowed to kind of table things for a year. And with divorce, it's actually not the case. You really need to jump into action and and be as mindfully prepared for decision-making as possible. Mm -hmm. So right away, you need to analyze your finances, make budgets, living arrangements, deal with kids and parenting plans. So there's just so much to think about. So as much as you can do up front to just settle those emotions, it's important. And then they can work with you and make good decisions. Yes, it does help if they're (laughs) they're clear-headed. Fuzzy-headed clients are not good decision makers. Yeah, they're not. And then they have to come back and again and again, and it gets expensive. And sometimes things get written into law when they don't really want that. Yeah. Or they make bad decisions and then we have to undo them. Right. Sometimes, you know, clients get themselves in their own trouble because they're trying to be nice, for example, or... Mm They get pressured into doing something or they're doing something just the way they've always done something and it doesn't work anymore. Right. But they don't realize it. That's a good point. Get a handle on your emotions. Right. Another thing to realize off the bat is that divorce is not fair. And I think that sometimes people come to the table wanting justice and it's rarely possible that there's some give and take and, you know, you're going to have to maybe see your kids a little less or... Maybe you are going to get the brunt of parenting while your ex-spouse goes to another state to take a job. And there's rarely a fully, fully fair scenario. And it's important to wrap your head around that right away. 
another tip is that you are not a failure. Mm -hmm. Your marriage may have failed, but that you yourself are not a failure. And a lot of people really struggle with that. They feel guilt. They feel ashamed. Either, again, if they're the levy or the levor, it's difficult to, to sometimes feel good about being separated. It's true. Self-image is affected. Right. And they're also worried that people won't know the truth about what happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes people, clients want the public to know that their truth. Right? <laughs> <laughs> or because they say that their the sp- other spouse is so charming that they'll be believed more. It's just an interesting dynamic, you know. Which one of their stories will be believed by the public? Right. You know, what's the narrative out there? Do they ask for help on formulating a narrative? Well, yeah, sometimes, but it is more of a public thing. It's, it becomes what happens in, within their family and their social circle, mm-hmm. and I'm not really part of that. Okay. I do try to certainly bolster their self-image right. and, and make them feel like they're strong and, and can get through this and, you know, will make a better life for them. I hope, I hope that what I help them do is make better life decisions, not in their partners, certainly, but sure. how they move forward right. successfully. But, yeah, feeling like a failure is a big burden. And that can really hold them back yeah. from making positive new relationship choices and other things having to do with jobs even. It, it can just resonate. Yeah. Almost like that cloud over Linus, mm-hmm. you know, in, mm-hmm. in the, the cartoon. Peanuts uh, cartoon, yeah. Exactly. So very important is to commit to self-compassion is an idea borrowed from Buddhism. Mm-hmm. But it's really about seeing your problems as a part of a universal human struggle. So, you know, I just, whenever you get hit with a wave or you feel any of the, any of the things that are in the grief process, just to, again, just take a breath and just realize that you're only human Uh and just, you can only do what you can do. So I think that one of the humbling things about going through this process is, we have so many more steps on the ladder than we are used to, you know, because we have this extra job in addition to parenting and jobs, et cetera. And you may not get to X, Y, Z, or you may not do X, Y, Z with the perfection that you are used to. Yeah. And it's okay for today. Yeah. So just remembering that and having that Go sense easy of, on yourself. Yeah, huh? go easy on yourself. And just, you will get to it. And it just may not be today. Yeah. My daughter and I have a joke between us because when she was little, she, I was a full-time working single parent, and she would say, Mom, didn't you get to that yet? You know, there's mm-hmm. something that she wanted, of course. And I'd say, well, it's on the list, and I'll get to it when I get to it. And now that she's an adult, I like to poke at her a lot mm-hmm. about how long her list is and how long <laughs> it takes her to get to things. And now she knows what I mean when I say, you know, things float to the top when they become a priority, and you constantly are reshuffling the, the deck of priorities of things to do. Right? You just have to let things go sometimes. I have a chapter in my book called Snow Blowing with a Baby in a Backpack. Oh, so yeah. I had this really big driveway and I had a snowblower. And what would have normally have taken me, I don't know, two hours or three hours or whatever to do the driveway took multiple days mm-hmm. sometimes when I was a single parent with a baby, yeah. you know. So it you have to just take it Let at the it stride yeah. that you can take it at and be okay with that. Uh-huh. It's a good example. Really important tip, and I I really love this one. It seems so obvious, and that's to create positive moments. Mm -hmm. So when you are topsy-turvy and going through this this crazy time period, just to create little windows of joy for yourself, and it could be something simple like, you know, getting a manicure or baking a cake or taking that time to call a friend or 
just one little thing. It could be watering your garden, something special that you share with a child, taking a walk at lunch break at work, and just creating those little windows of joy for yourself. While you're speaking, I can think of things that I could do to do that. <laughs> yes, <laughs> this it's, this it's, weekend, and stop running around, just, just slow down a little bit and appreciate good. some things. Sorry. Yeah, it's it's good for all of us to remember. Yeah. I mentioned, I think, that I, I took on learning meditation when I first got separated. Uh-huh. And it was just a 12-week class, but it stuck with me for all these years. And now I have those little practices in my day. It could be walking the dog. You know, you, I know you have a dog. And yeah. it's, it's something simple. Like, it could be a chore uh-huh. or it could be a, a place for joy. Uh-huh. It's a great idea. And then just two more things. Ignorance is not your friend. Mm-hmm. So... Sometimes when people go through this, they're just like so overwhelmed, they can't think straight. And, you know, they might come to you or to an attorney, another attorney and just say, ah, you know, just Mm -hmm. make it happen. I don't know anything. And even if they're with experts, like they still need to empower themselves and learn as much as they can about what their rights are and what they want. Yeah to empower themselves, to feel knowledgeable, knowledgeable. Yeah. They can make good decisions. Right. And so everyone wants their day in court until they get it. And then they're putting their fate into somebody wearing a robe yeah. that's doing yeah. their job to the best of their ability. But that's not where you want everything to be figured out. Yeah, that's for sure. And then the final thing is just don't deny your emotions. There's going to be a lot of them up and down over the period of the year or two that people are going through the thick of things and then even beyond. So years later, you still might feel angry or you might cry or whatever it is. And then just to let that happen and not to deny it. And the more you deny it, I think the longer it stays in you Uh and just to let it pass through you. Uh So those are 10 tips. Get rid of those bad feelings. Yeah. You can. right? And feel it. Just feel it and let it go. Yep. Those are great tips. And your business called Removing the Ring sounds great and interesting and really helpful for people who are going through divorce transition. So I want to thank you for spending your time with me today. And I recommend that people contact you when they're thinking about it or going through or having gone through even a divorce. And want to give some contact information? Sure. The easiest way to find me is on Facebook, Uh Removing the Ring. I am on social media as well. And then my phone number, shall I just share that? Sure. Is 617 Seven eight zero six four eight five or email is removing the ring at gmail.com. Great. Well, I've been speaking with Lori Souter, whose business is removing the ring, helping people transition through divorce. And my name is Hindel Grossman. Thank you. If you'd like more information about the topics covered in our podcast, please contact us at Grossman and Associates. You'll find a competent and experienced team of compassionate, responsive, and innovative legal professionals. Email me at hindel at grossmanltd.com. My first name is spelled H-I-N-D-E-L-L. Or call us at 617-969-0069. Thank you for listening.